Hello there, beautiful people of the universe. That's right. If you knew what I was going to say, it's because you've been listening to Shine Brighter with Liz. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to my podcast. First off, just want to say thank you. If you've been listening religiously or just been checking it out, thank you so much for your support. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. If this is your first time tuning in to Shine Brighter with Liz, welcome. This is a podcast on personal growth and lifestyle development. And in season two, I am interviewing people that I find to be lighthouses, light sources, people who just share and inspire me. And I hope to help inspire you through the process of having these conversations with them. Today, we are on episode 21 of Shine Brighter with Liz. Woo woo, 21. We're over the hump. We're 21. Now we're legal, right? Today's guest is my friend Katrina Bellinconi. She is a yoga instructor and she has been teaching yoga for five years. She got certified at the age of 21. She has done work with recovering addicts and wants to help people heal and believes that yoga is a great outlet for holistic health. She recently embarked in her journey of creating a sustainable marketplace, all things sustainability from Miami. Her business is called Bellinconi, like her last name, and this is where she sells ethical clothes and accessories. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into episode 21 with my wonderful guest, Katrina Bellinconi. All right, we are recording. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. I'm super excited to um, learn more about you, um, ask you some awesome questions, and uh, yeah, let's just see how this goes. Thank you. I'm excited as well. I'm honored <laughs> to be on your podcast. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So let's uh, dive right into it. The first question I love to ask all of my guests is, let's start from the beginning. What were you like as a child? Uh, What did you want to be? And what was your journey from the beginning of your life to where you are now? So just tell us about yourself. So as a child, I was always super hyperactive, full of energy. I think I've always been very passionate. um, And I've always had this lust for life. And I think I've carried that with me into my adulthood. And I've just been curious, I think is the best word to describe my childhood. Um, And that's led me to discover new things and try new things and scale new mountains. And, And that has to do with just my love to play and explore. So yeah, I think I've always been quite outspoken, curious, adventurous. Yeah. Where where were you born? Were you born in Miami or? Yes. Okay, cool. cool. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Miami. Um, my parents are Cuban and um, I grew up very social, like in a social environment. I've always been a socialite. Nice. So you started um, your company, uh, Sustainable Fashion, and also you are a yoga teacher as well. So how did you kind of get into that? and? Um, just both of them, like how did you first get into yoga and then when did you decide to open your sustainable um, company? Um, so it's, it's been a crazy adventure. I never planned to open a company, uh, but the idea just came to me. And so backtracking, I was exposed to yoga in college. Mm-hmm. I took an art of meditation course and I instantly fell in love with the yoga philosophy. Um, up until that point, I didn't identify myself with any sort of faith, anything really outside of myself. And so yoga was my way to really connect and tap in. And so I ran with that. I 
changed my degree to um, religious studies with a focus in Hinduism. Wow. And I went to India uh, with that, with that uh, major. I landed me in India and I got to do a lot of meditation and fully immerse myself in that culture. I was there for a whole summer and just fell in love with yoga, fell in love with yoga, teaching it, uh, being a true embodiment of what yoga preaches, um, staying mindful um, with myself and others. And so I did that. So I've been teaching now five years, uh, maybe a little over five years now. I think I was just ready for something new. Interestingly enough, a student of mine asked me one day after class, she was like, what's next? What are you doing next? Like, what do you have planned? And I was taken back and I was like, I don't have anything planned. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was like one of those questions that you're just like, I was so shocked. And, and so that got me questioning like, okay, what is next? Um, you know, what is next for me? What is next for Miami yoga girl? So, so that idea was like lingering. I think she had planted the seed. And then later I had gone to like some fashion event and the same person was like, you love fashion. Like, why don't you do something in fashion? And my initial thought was no way that is the opposite of yoga. I don't want to, you know, be materialistic or pretentious or like that. That's moving like way, you know, off for me. And so I like immediately like knocked off that idea. I, I, I just, I remember waking up one morning and being like, is ethical fashion a thing? Like, is it a thing? And I started doing all this research and it is a thing. And I was like, why are, why are not, why are people not talking about this enough? Like, why don't I know of this? Like I'm in the yoga world. I'm in the wellness world. Um, I'm in the mindful space. How have I never heard of ethical fashion? Like, you know, especially in Miami, I called all my girlfriends and I was like, I have this idea. Like I, I want to start like a sustainable fashion company. Like I love fashion. And what I noticed was that a lot of these sustainable companies were very like too hippie, like too tree hugger. And that's not very Miami, you know, like us Miami girls, we like to dress up and we have style. I was like, is there ethical, sustainable fashion that's still chic that you can still wear on a date? Can you, you can still go to brunch with your girlfriends. My friends, I, you know, out of love were like warning me like, Katrina, you know, nothing about fashion forecasting, e-commerce, retail. This is so left field. Like, okay, maybe in a few years, like that, that's a good idea. Think about it. Think about it. Maybe in a few years, you know, all out of love. But to me, like I was ready to run with it. And, and, and I went against everyone's advice and I was like, no, I'm going to open this company now. Like I felt it like in my bones and my body that this is what I wanted to do. And so I got all my certifications. Um, I got like my retail license and I started doing all my research. All my friends were just surprised. They were just super surprised. Um, I guess they didn't think I was that serious. Yeah. I just, I just let like passion fuel me and I let my intuition fuel me. It just made sense for me, like merging like these two worlds of mine where I do like I consider myself a very anchored and grounded yoga teacher. Like I don't live in the clouds. Um, I, I'm not too esoteric. I, I do believe in having your feet on the ground. And so I was like, I, I want to be a businesswoman, but I still want to be ethical. I still want to have this like 
bigger meaning. Um, I still want to do something with a bigger purpose. I still want to help. This just made sense. It just aligned for me, like merging these two worlds together. And then after I had to start doing like the research, um, I had all the passion, but then I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So let me start reaching out to people. Let me do research. And a lot of people at first, it's funny. We're like, you need a business plan. Like right now, like, what are you doing? Like, like halt, wait, like study up more. And though that's all great advice. Um, I think sometimes you have to take advantage of that like irrational optimism. Like I'm so optimistic right now. I'm not going to let anyone bring me down and I'm just going to do this. And I think if someone would have slowed me down or if I would have put out that fire, who's to say it would have ever been lit again. You know what I mean? So I'm happy that I did it, you know, blindly and I did it out of passion because, because all like the hard part is done. Now it's like, okay, researching and, and finding the vendors and, and I just had faith that all these, all these little things would fall on my lap and they did like the right people fell on my lap, the right connections fell on my lap. Um, so my advice to anyone listening is like, if you have this surge of passion and irrational optimism, like just run with it. Like all the logistics and all the little stuff, like it will come, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. That is amazing that I love that so much. And so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how you said you went to India and you got into, you decided to change your major to study in Hinduism. I just find that so interesting because I mean, for me, like I've always said that I'm, you know, like a Christian or, but, but not really like I'm just spiritual. And so I've always been curious to hear about like other people's uh, spirituality or like why choose, why, why were you called to Hinduism and why did you, like my brother, he's also very much into like, he's into Buddhism and he's into, you know, he went um, a month and a half into India and he like found it very life changing. And I've read a lot of spiritual books that talk about that India is like the spiritual haven and you just go and experience such different culture. So and even in like Eat, Pray, Love, I always talk about that book, but she goes to like India and she goes to these places. So I guess, what was your experience like? Why were you called to that? And I mean, I guess like, what could you uh, share about that spirituality side of you? So I think I was so drawn to Eastern philosophy and Eastern religion because the religion that I had been exposed to is very hypocritical. It was very to me, it always felt very forced. Like you have to do this. It, if not, like you will be condemned and you have to, and you have to. And there was this, there was a lot of like weight and it didn't feel natural to me. It didn't feel natural. It didn't come from the heart. And as I started to explore Eastern philosophy, it's a lot like you find it, you find the religion. It doesn't come to you. You don't go around converting people to be a Buddhist or to be um, a yogi it's the other way around. You come find it. You come find this path and, and we welcome you. And I, I found that so inviting. Like, wow, I'm not forced into this religion. It's, it's here if I want it. It's here to explore. And so what I was exposed to in India was just more this way of life. It was more, so a teacher, a teacher once told me that Religion is putting the work in someone else. Mm-hmm. It's leaving the work to someone else. Whereas spirituality is taking ownership and doing the work yourself. Mm-hmm. It's sitting there with yourself. It's meditating there with yourself. Um, 
It's contemplating those bigger questions uh, with yourself and knowing that you have to take ownership. It, it, someone else is not going to come swoop in and correct your life or fix your life or motivate you. Um, and so that's what really attracted me about the culture. And while I was in India, it was, it was just simple. It was like simple. It was like sitting in nature, you know, like taking time to eat what they consider like spiritual, like their religion. It's interesting. It's like, let's eat together and let's eat slow and let's savor our food. And it's like this idea of just really being present and mindful. Yeah. And that's that it just really attracted me and it helped me identify with something. And, and I think everyone is entitled to believe what they want to believe, but I think it's good to have some sort of faith, like some sort of belief in something higher, whether you call it God source universe, um, the divine, the feminine energy, whatever it may be, because it's, it's the sense of oneness, the sense of connection. And I don't think it needs a title. Like that, that was my issue growing Mm -hmm. up. Like there was a title and, and, and like, are you this or are you not this? And if you're this, then you're not part of this. And it felt more dividing than, Mm -hmm. than inclusive. It, It felt very exclusive to me, like growing up. And that was just the people that I was exposed to. And yeah, that, that's how I ended up in India. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And I, I totally agree with you because like I've talked about this in the past where I have had some friends where it's like, I know they're coming from a good place, but um, they can be really extreme in their religion. And for me, I always say like, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, I have a relationship with God. And I just tend to practice more Christian beliefs because that's kind of what I have. Like that's the churches I have around me. Although they're non-denominational, they do believe in Jesus. And like, that is kind of, a Christian based church, you know, especially when I first started getting into my, um, like, I guess my faith and my religion, like my brother really questioned me a lot. And I knew he was coming from a good place. He was just questioning me to see like where my heart was. And he was just, he just wanted to kind of pick my brain and I would get really defensive because it was still a new journey for me. And so I wasn't sure how to defend myself and saying like, look, I'm just doing this because I want to practice my, my spirituality. Right. But I did it. I wasn't trying to it's like when you decide to go vegan or when you decide to do anything, like sometimes when you decide to make these changes for yourself, sometimes it rubs other people the wrong way. Cause it kind of question makes them question what they're doing. And right. so I would tell my brother, I'm like, no, like I just, he's like, well, do you believe in heaven? Do you believe that everybody else is wrong? And then I was like, I don't know what, I don't know if I believe in right. heaven. Like I want to believe in it. And like, even sometimes when I go to church, like they'll say things and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. And it's, it's sometimes right. really hard for me, but what I do know is that when I meditate, when I close my eyes and pray, when I do those things, I know that I feel God. I know that he talks to me. I, those are things that I know. So for me, it's like when I go to church, it's like, okay, this is my time I've set aside to come together with other people that also have surrendered their life to God. And like, I enjoy it. So I guess it's like hard right. for me when like other people... Well, when I see other people are extreme, like I have friends that are extremely extreme, I'm like, whoa, that's too much for me. And then I also get to the point where my brother questions me and then I'm like, I don't know what I believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had those moments. And that's okay. I don't, I don't believe anybody has to know, right? Like, yeah, same thing with yoga. I get those same kind of questions. And, and I think, I think those questions are good because 
it, it constantly keeps you questioning. And I don't believe you have to have the answers. I don't think anybody has to have the answers. Whatever feels right and authentic is what you should run with. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get into yoga? Was there something that happened in your life that kind of led you to it? Or was that like, how did you just decide, I want to become a teacher? And yeah, how did you get into practice? Well, I think my upbringing, so I did lose both my parents. Both my parents passed away when I was very young and they were both, um, they were both addicts. They both uh, suffered a lot with prescription abuse and my mother was an alcoholic. And so I grew up with a lot of chaos and instability. I always had this feeling like, like there has to be something more natural, more holistic, this, this constant relying on prescription drugs or, or something outside of yourself to make you happy, to make you complete, to make you feel better. Instantly, I was drawn to this idea of, like, of yoga, of, of, of like this mind and body connection where you're, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling depressed, you know, sit down with yourself. It's going to be the harder route. Of course, it's going to be the harder route. But you build this resiliency that you can't get with drugs, with prescription drugs. You can't because that's counterproductive. You're building a dependency. When you depend on, on these outside forces, I saw how it affected the entire family. Um, I saw how it led to my mother's death. And I said, like, I have to be part of the solution. And so when I teach yoga, it's always been more than just a physical thing for me. It's been about healing, about decompressing, um, like moving closer to your source, to your core, like battling your demons, like face on. I worked at a recovering uh, rehabilitation center for a while, just exposing people to yoga, to meditation, uh, to self-reflection. I think, you know, drugs can be a very easy like escape route. And you're moving like further from your source. You're moving further from your core. That's just like tragic. It's, it's, it's sad, you know, to, to see people like that. I'm not going to lie. That was very, very challenging. I'm, I'm still very young. I'm 26. I was doing that when I was 25. And it was very hard because they look at me and they think like, how can I take this girl seriously? And of course, they don't know my past. I didn't walk in there and be like, well, yeah, I grew up with drug addicts. Like I grew up with this. I know what this is. And that I think in my entire like yogic career, that's been the most challenging thing working with recovering addicts, because one, it is a disease. It's no, there's no simple fix. A lot of them are not treatment focused. And then also this whole thing of like being so young, like being so young, like just seeing my face, they're like, Oh, how can I take this girl seriously? How can she help me with this disease. But it was very rewarding because some people did leave that experience, you know, very affected. You, you can't change everyone. You can't help everyone. That was very challenging for me. Right. Yeah. Wow. First off, thank you for being so vulnerable to share. You made me so emotional. Like you touched me like <laughs> so much. And I just want to say thank you for being so vulnerable. I didn't know that about you. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sure that has been so incredibly hard, but I'm so glad that you've been able to move from that chaos and that tragedy and, and make it um, a positive in your life and to really be a light for people that are in that. And that's amazing. So I'm really 
thank you for sharing and thank you for, for, uh, for choosing to help others. That's awesome. It's really great. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about what is the lesson is, that's taken you the longest to learn in your life so Ooh, far? That, that, that's <laughs> a good, that is a good question. That is hard. That takes some deep self-reflecting right there. I know. Um, <laughs> I have to sometimes ask myself these questions. I'm like, what would I have said? <laughs> I know. I guess I would have to say my ability to be confrontational mm-hmm. and be more transparent. It's very hard for me. I, I, I have this well, I don't want to say a problem, but I don't like to burn bridges. I don't like to burn bridges. I don't like when people are upset with me. Like, you know, maybe it's because I'm a Libra and, and I, <laughs> I hate conflict. Um, but yeah, but I think the reality is that conflict is a part of life. Conflict is a part of life. Not everyone is going to be happy with you or like you in this very little time that I've owned this company, I've already seen that that has been my biggest, um, my, my biggest challenge is being very confrontational and telling someone like, Hey, this is not working out. Thank you for everything. I have to let you go. And, and being like that confrontational, that's been very hard for me because, you know, I, I'm so empathetic, like, Oh, but like, what if this person feels bad? And, Oh, and, and I, 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 it's hard for me to walk that line of being like a stern businesswoman, but being like this loving, like healing woman, mm-hmm. but you have to learn to walk that line. And so still to this day, it's, it's hard for me to be confrontational with people. Um, but, but I think I'm learning that, that it's, it's not mean or rude or insensitive. It's very authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, to tell people that you're not happy or that you're going in a different direction. I think that's crucial to a successful company, to a successful anything, friendship, partnership. So that's been the hardest uh, uh, thing for me, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I feel with you actually on that. I'm really bad at confrontation. I, I run from it. And I think it's been something where um, you know, I worked for Lululemon for a really long time. I don't know if you know that about me, but no. um, yeah. So I worked with them for about a year, full, a full year. And I worked in Lincoln Road store in Miami Beach. Working with the company in Miami was a completely different experience from working in New York. But the one in Miami, I learned a lot about myself. I had great leaders. The company itself is set up for personal development and really mindfulness. And obviously they're super yoga based because they're a yoga company. And that's at their core. And they really, especially like my leadership team, they care about developing you as a human first. And so they really saw that I wasn't good at sharing feedback. I'm great at receiving it. I just wasn't good at sharing it um, because I felt like, again, it was coming from me. Like I thought that if I told somebody that, hey, you're kind of micromanaging me, that was coming from a mean place. But right. at the same time, if you're feeling something, everybody on the team was probably feeling it too. So they really just talked to me a lot about like having those hard conversations and how to take emotion away from having these conversations. So it's like being factual versus being emotional. So like take the emotion out of it and just talk about what is fact. Well, like you said this and this is what you said and then you can tell them like, this is why I feel this way, whatever. But I really learned that too. And I learned that in my life, in my personal life, I wasn't 
having those conversations. And so now I feel like, um, you know, cause I've shared on my podcast before where I don't really have a good relationship with my dad. And, um, it's weird because like, I'm in a really weird place. Like when I was a little girl, I always like longed for my dad's love. Like ever since I was a little girl, cause my parents were divorced. And so I didn't really have him. And like, ever since I was a little girl, I was always like searching for it. And recently, like about two years ago, we stopped talking again. And I like about maybe two weeks ago, like I went to church and I was like crying and it kind of all came up to like surface up about how, like how sad I am. He's not in my life and how much I miss him and how like there's people in my family that don't want me to have a relationship with him or they'll be like, Oh, don't, you know, go back into giving him another chance like you've done in the past because it will, it will end up hurting you how it has in the past. And so it's sometimes it's hard to be the one to reach out to him because I know other people in my family will be like, why are you doing that? Or they all have right. their own, they all have their own story. And so, yeah, it's hard. And, and so I, I reached out to him the other day. I actually reached out to him yesterday saying like, Hey, I'd love to have you in my life. And I'd love to, you know, grab some coffee. It's hard because I've always been the one to do it. Like right. ever since right. I was a kid, I've always been the one to say, Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do this. And I think I got to a point where recently in my adulthood, I said, I'm not going to be the one that reaches out this time. It has to be him. And then I was like, I don't know if this is a pride thing, but sometimes, and then I was reading a chapter in a book that's called You Are a Badass and it talks about how you can either forgive or fester. And I talked about Mm -hmm. this in my last episode where either forgive a person and just let it go, or you're going to fester in these feelings and it's, you're never going to get over it. And you're just going to continue to carry it. And so I decided to, um, it said, you can either be right or there's never going to be a solution. It's like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. And then there's no solution, right. you know? Right. So I was like, you know what? If I don't reach out, I don't think you will ever reach out. And it, it's, it's a really hard thing to accept because it makes you feel like you're okay with not me being not in your life if I don't reach out. Like if I never am a bigger person, you're okay with just losing me forever. And I think that's right. a really hard place for me to sit in, but I, I'd rather move on from it and at least have the conversation. You know what I mean? And so I told myself, right. I reach out and now I can have that conversation. I don't think I've ever had that conversation in my life. Right. I think right. now I'm in a place to be like, look, these are the things that have happened. And I think that we should talk about it. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with that. And yeah. And I think, and thank you for, for sharing that with yeah. me. And, and I think that's just a testament of your personality and your ability to communicate. And I think, I think that's like our power as women. I think that's why we are such successful entrepreneurs because we sometimes blame ourselves for being very emotional and we blame you know, like being too like feminine, like and too girly because we're too emotional. But really, that that's like our superpower because our emotion provokes us to reach out to people that that is very hard to reach out to. And being the bigger person is a testament to your personality and your resiliency. Right. And you can't help but feel, you know, sorry for people that can't can't be the bigger person and they can't step up to the plate. Um, so I, I think that's beautiful. I think I don't see like the weakness and like reaching out to him or reaching out to anyone. I, I think that's like a superpower. 
to express how you feel. Because again, it's coming from that place of authenticity. Like it's raw. It's, it's, you know, it's coming from the core. So that's beautiful. Yeah. And I, and thank you. And it's funny because I've been doing a lot of, of just like reading and stuff like that. And there's been some things saying that like, what is the life that you would be most happy living? And then what are the things that you need to do to have that life? And so when I envision this perfect masterpiece for myself, I do see my dad in my life. I do see him walking me down the aisle. Like I do want to have a relationship with him. I can either wait around and just, and it was hard because it was like, I prayed about it and I was like, you know what, God, if, if you don't want him in my life, if this is a toxic thing and this is always going to be, this is how I'm always going to feel. I mean, I've, I've felt like this since I was a little girl. I'm an adult now. If I'm going to constantly have this battle and I just have to mourn my dad, like if he's passed, then let that be it and let it close. But if you want my dad in my life, then like allow that door to open. And so, right, you know, I just, at this point, like, I just, I put the action out there. It's not about anyone else. And I think what I haven't done in the past is have the conversation. Like, I think I've always swept things under the rug. And I think this time around, it's time to have the conversation. And I think it just kind of loops back to back. Like the lessons that's taken you longest to learn how you were saying confrontation. I think sometimes it will come back where it's like, you have to have those conversations. Because I think yep. some conversations are crucial to have. And if you don't have them, then your life will continue to repeat itself and things that, because you didn't have the conversation, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. I love that so much. All right. So let's talk about this. What are some of your best habits that you're proud of? And you think that if others incorporated this in their life, they could really benefit from it. I would have to say the habit that I'm most proud of are my affirmations that I repeat to myself. And I'm very, I'm very drawn to mantra uh, meditation and, and, and it's just like affirming. And so I'll either say it out loud or I'll say it in my meditation quietly. Things like I am powerful. I am resilient. I am beautiful. I mean, even, even something saying like, I am beautiful is just like, it has nothing to do with vanity, but it's this idea where it's like, I'm like, I'm beautiful as I am. I'm whole. And it helps to, to put out insecurities. It helps because I think with affirmations, I think why I'm so obsessed with them is because we want other people to validate these things. Like we want our significant other or even strangers for whatever reason, like social media, like we're, we're happy when strangers tell, tell us things like you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're talented, but it has to come from within. And so I think if anyone can adopt like an affirmation practice, or maybe they say three things to themselves before they start their day or while you're brushing your teeth or while you're in the car, like just repeat these things like over and over and over and cement these ideas so that you can feel it all the way down to a molecular level. Like you have to feel it. It can't come from someone else. And so that would have to be like my top habit I just want to touch on that really fast on what you yeah. said about the, about the affirmations, because I really do think that they're powerful. I mean, I remember when I first started getting into some kind of affirmations and it was kind of like, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Um, I am beautiful. Things like that. I would do it like every day. Like I remember saying it one time specifically for some reason when I was like 
closing the door and getting ready. I had a lot of anxiety. I also grew up in chaos and I didn't really learn how to deal with my chaos until after college. That's kind of when I started finding like stillness and stuff. But I remember having such panic. I couldn't leave the house because like the world just seemed so scary. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I need to kind of be good before I leave the house. Recently, I've, I've even like when I look at myself in the mirror, I'll say like, I'm beautiful and, and a really weird one. It's funny because I was reading something today. It's about the, we are what we believe. And so it's all of these stories that we tell ourselves. And I tell myself a lot where it's like, they said, be careful with the saying, I can't wait till or like constantly, like, I always do this. Yes. I never do this. I always yes. do this. I never do this. Or it's like, I wish my life was like this. It can't be like yes. this because it'll never be like this because be careful with those stories you tell yourself because whatever you believe is what you will manifest. It is what you will create. Yes. And so Absolutely. recently I've been telling myself, because I want to be a series regular on a TV network, right? But I always feel I'm inadequate because I'm not there yet. So I always feel like I'm not a real actress because I'm not a series regular actress. So what I've been telling myself is, Liz, how would you feel if you were validated by your community as an actress? Not that you're famous, but that people know you, that you're a TV actress. How would you feel? Instantly. It's insane. Instantly. I feel happy. I'm more present. I feel like I'm in the right relationship. I feel good. I feel like I can just be, I can go dancing because it's not this necessity of feeling like, oh my God, I'm not where I am. You know where I want to be. And so even so, like I've also been practicing, like I am rich, not como que like only rich in finances, but rich in just general. Like I'm I'm rich in my health. I'm rich in my relationships. I'm rich in finance. I have an abundance of things. When I tell myself that I'm rich, like it's almost immediate. My body, my everything changes. You're right. just your person changes. And I really do believe that. And I think it's such a valuable tool. And I'm so glad you brought it up is really changing those stories for yourself because yeah. it's whatever you believe. If you believe I'm poor, I'm poor, you will always be poor. And I always, right. you know, I always had that conversation with my brother because I would always tell him, don't have a poor person mentality. Like we grew up, poor, yeah. don't have that mentality. Right. I grew up poor, but I never had a poor person mentality. I was always, I will work to have nice clothes. I will work to have nice things because I don't want, I, I, and my brother always like jokes around how he's like, we always, he says we vacation differently. He'll go to India backpacking. He's like, and you like the luxury things. I'm like, but there's nothing wrong with that. I just enjoy nice things. I don't, I don't need to go stay at a hostel to be humble. You know what I mean? Like I can be humble in a palace, you know, it doesn't have to do, you know what I mean? And I think that there's triggers in that how you were saying about like vanity having to do with fashion. I think there's triggers for us because we come from being natural empaths and wanting to be good people and and being helpers that if you have these nice things, it's somehow it messes with your moral compass. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a big one for me. And I, I think just any sort of routine and any sort of consistent habits is the recipe to any successful person. I mean, you listen to any podcast, any successful person, and they have some sort of routine. And I think when I was younger, because of all my instability growing up, I was very deterred by routine and predictability and like those kind of things. Not only were they foreign to me, but they sounded like boring and, and, and the opposite of exciting. And now trying to build a business, you know, trying to balance 
all these things in my life as an adult, I, I think routine is sacred. I'm like, wow, life is so unpredictable. Um, there's so many things that you can't control. Why not like take advantage of what you can't control? Like your routine is something you can control. You can decide how you want it. You can have a sacred morning routine. And then the rest of the day may be unpredictable and chaotic, but at least you know that, hey, this hour of the day, this is my routine. And, and it, there's so much peace, peace of mind in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is very valuable. And I've tried to establish like a, a nighttime and morning time routine for myself too. And even if it's when I wake up, the first thing is like, I just give thanks, start doing like some, like a little bit of like morning stretches, like some upward dog, downward dog, like on the bed, like literally just like cat and cow, some like some pigeon just to kind of really open up. Then I'm like, wow, I'm holding on to a lot. Just like listening to my body yeah. in the morning. And it's, it's, this is really weird for me, but I guess I sent the text message to my dad yesterday midday and I hadn't gotten a response the entire day. And so I guess I went to bed feeling sad and then I didn't sleep well like last night. And then I woke up and I woke up feeling unhappy. Like I literally remember waking up and being like, I'm not happy right now. And that's not my norm. Like I wake up peaceful. I wake up grateful. And so it took me a long time, but thankfully I have my practices in in place where it's like, I'm going to journal. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read some personal development. And by the time I had gotten to today, I decided I'm going to read two books because I kind of like really just wanted to read a lot. I just need to kind of just not go on my phone. Like the longer I can stay away from my phone, I think the better. And so I was just reading, reading. And then when I was reading, it was, it was today about the stories and we are what we believe and getting over yourself was the chapter I was reading. I was like, Oh, let's get over yourself. Okay. You're right. sad, but there's, these are stories you're telling yourself. Let's, right. move on. let's have a great day. And so right. automatically I was able to change my day just because I was like, okay, these are stories. And I feel like if right. you have those routines, especially a nice personal development book and a lot of people are like, Oh, personal development isn't for me. You should want to be developing yourself every day because probably oh, yeah. everything, you know, you don't want to be the same oh, yeah. person you were two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is something you wish more people knew about you? It's a good question. It's interesting because I feel like I'm pretty transparent. Even with my social media, I think I allow myself to be very vulnerable. And like you just said, I allowed myself to be vulnerable in this very conversation because I believe vulnerability is so uplifting. And so it's interesting because I think my ability to, to share like my personal story is very much in place. I, I believe I share, like I share my vulnerabilities and I'm very transparent. But I guess if I had to say, I want people to just know that I, I'm, I'm normal. I'm, I'm like, I'm human. And yes, I, I'm starting a company and I'm always like very happy on the outside, on the surface level. But just like anybody else, I suffer with anxiety. I suffer with indecision. Like I can decay with indecision for days. That, that's a very big weakness of mine. I, I want people to always, when they think about me, I want them, I'm not like an influencer in social media where it's like, 
my life is great. And like, look at all the snapshots of my life. It's like, no, I'm very much human. I'm very much flawed, um, but I'm doing it anyway. And that, and that's how I always want to come across. Right. I love that so much. What are you currently in the practice of? What are you working on for yourself? Going back, definitely being more authentic and communicating what I'm feeling. That, that's been the biggest thing that has presented itself in my life right now. Can you be authentic? Can you be brave enough to, to say these things to someone face to face? Like, mm. you know, in the past, I wish I could shoot someone a text very easy. <laughs> but mm. can you be confrontational? face-to-face like for example like with my career I'm 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 being pushed in all these directions that I have to leave certain jobs and leave certain places and in the past would beat around the bush I would beat around the bush and now I'm like you know what like this is this is my narrative my, my life and I have to do what's best for me even if that means letting some people down and leaving some jobs and and say no to some opportunities because at the end of the day, like those people have their, their own set of, of goals and problems. And I hate to say it, but everyone has their own life. And so you can't be so easily swayed by what other people want you to do. Right. So right now I'm working on just being authentic and like letting go of jobs that are just not serving me and that I've outgrown and, and being very graceful and doing it like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, I can't teach this class anymore, but thank you so much for everything that you've done and walk away and not let it be like a whole week of me being indecisive and and feeling guilt because that's a waste of time. Like you're wasting time. So just being quicker in my decisions and being more authentic so that I can move forward. Right. I love that so much. What are some of your favorite tools? Um, and by this, I mean podcasts, books, anything that you've read in the past, anything that you've listened to in the past that's really kind of helped you, anything that you would like to share on those? Absolutely podcasts. I think what you're doing is amazing and you're creating a platform for people to connect and be inspired because podcasts have changed my life mm-hmm. 110%. I'm sitting in Miami traffic and <laughs> instead of, of, you know, being upset the entire time, I throw on a podcast and I listen to people like you and I, like people who have gone through it, people who have, you know, surfaced on the other side. And that moves me, profoundly moves me. So it's definitely podcasts books and and a really big tool is really just connecting with people like having these kinds of conversations i love sitting down with people where i can connect like this and be vulnerable and be transparent and be raw like there's a great group in miami called raw residency and it's a membership all about personal development and so mm. i think a really good tool for people is join like a personal development membership Um, join a tribe. It sounds silly, but it's so life-changing, like to be held accountable, to be surrounded by like-minded people. Like you can't beat that. You can't beat that. And it's, it's contagious. The energy is contagious and it's addicting and and, and the best way possible. Because once, once you're surrounded by, by 
quality people, you don't go back. You don't go back to that toxic relationship. You don't go back to those toxic situations because you're on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I think community is so incredibly important. And so um, it can change so much. I, I agree. I agree so much. And that's why some people will go to church or some people will find like, you know, I had like a small little group of girls that I would meet up with in New York and they were like a sisterhood and just like anything, anything where you can be in community. I'm a part, I'm a, I'm a coach um, with actors fast track. It's a thing for actors. Like, you know, um, we help actors like, you know, come up with their business plan as entrepreneurs, as actors. So it, all of those little communities that you can get into, these positive communities of like-minded people, I think absolutely can change your life. So I love that. I love that you even said that. That's, that's really great. So um, what is advice you would give to your younger self? That's always such a great, great, great question. It would certainly be that you're stronger than you think. Hmm. I think that's the hardest part just growing up is, is all this, all this doubt, all this doubt, like, how am I going to make it through this? Am I ever going to be successful? Am I ever going to find the right person? Just these like spiraling repetitive thoughts. And so if I could go back, I would say definitely trust the universe, like trust, trust, trust. Like even when the most horrific things happen to you, like, let me tell you, like, like losing your parents it's so easy to be like, okay, that's it. Like I'm done. Like, like life is terrible. I'm never going to feel happy again. It's very easy to feel that way. And in retrospect, it's like, no, like there's still so much beauty to life. Everything happens for a reason. At least I believe that I would tell my younger self, like you are strong, you are resilient. You're going to get through this and just keep pushing forward. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I can only imagine how hard that is. Like I was praying today and you know, we always go, go through those points where we know the inevitable will happen to like our elders and stuff. And so I'm always like, please God, like I can never lose my grandmother. Give her 20, 40 years. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. And it's, and, and, and it's hard to do that. And I always have such empathy, like deep empathy where I will like cry for people that just go through it. I have a friend that she recently lost her brother. Like, just out of nowhere and it's so tragic to me and I I just can't ever fathom being in that position because I've lost grandparents but I've never lost thank you god I've never really lost anyone close to me and I can't I just can't imagine it so thank you for sharing that so who are people that are your role models who are people that are my role models um I'm I'm very inspired by um, women entrepreneurs. Um, I think we're moving into this this era of of like the divine feminine, and like I am all for it. Like I am riding this wave so hard because I'm all for it. It's it's funny because I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and when it's men, I mean they're still inspiring but it's so different from a women's perspective. Like anytime I listen to a podcast with a woman, it's, it, I connect so differently because it's, it's there, there's more like emotion there. And I think, I think for so long, we've learned to like push out emotion. One of my, one of, a woman that's inspired me and I can't remember her name, it's terrible. The owner of Spandex who invented Spandex, 
she is just, she is so inspiring because when she started the company, you know, her advice from men were like, no, this is a doggy dog world. And you have to be, you have to be ruthless and, and like, we can't all make it to the top. And it was like that mentality way back then. And she was like, no, I want to do it my way. Like I want to be authentic. And I don't, I don't believe that it has to be this competition. I think now we totally get that and we're moving more towards that. But at the time, um, she's like, I don't want to run a company being ruthless and, 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 and like, I believe we can all make it. I believe in this, this outpouring of abundance and we can all tap into that abundance. I'm really inspired by women entrepreneurs who are just creating a platform for other women right now that that's been like my main source of, of, um, of inspiration. Even the woman that created raw residency, super, super role model of mine, just so powerful, like balancing it all. So, yeah. Tell me more about that raw residency, just cause I now I'm curious to know more about it. So it's, um, it's a membership. And they have all sorts of events. One of the events is leave it on the table and you just, everybody sits on, on this table and you just speak authentically. You, you speak about what you're going through. And because it's called raw residency, it's all on the premise of being raw. Just be yourself. There's some, some workshops are like, I can't remember what they're titled, but like, the sexual, like the, the divine sexual. And it's just talking about like our ability to be raw and like, and make love and, and, and how it is like being a woman and going through these things and like being feminine and still being sexy, but still being taken seriously. And it's like all these sort of workshops that are very provoking and very, they really take you out of your comfort zone. Saturdays at Camila's house with the kids and they do slime with the kids and unfortunately, I haven't been able to go to, to a lot of these events because I always work at night. But anybody who can join, just the events they do are just so cool. They interview like the coolest people. Everybody there is just so authentic. It's, it's amazing. Wow, I love that so much. I'm definitely going to look into it because that sounds awesome. I love that so much. Okay, so we're going to move on to the word game. So the word game is simple. I'm just going to tell a word to you. And then once you hear the word, you can tell me what does that word mean to you. and um, yeah. So the first word I have for you is fashion. <laughs> art. It means art. Okay. Art. What does the word motivation mean to you? It means fuel. fuel. Um, yeah. Motivation is, is just, it's fuel for sure. Keep, keeps you going. Great. What does the word stillness mean to you? It makes me think of like sacredness, like sacred time. Um, yeah, just sacred time with yourself is when I think about just being still. Gives you space to to just clear the mind to feel. Great. What does the word beauty mean to you? I, I think beauty is your ability to be gracious. Um, and graceful in everything that you do. Like grace is like my favorite word. Um, mm. I think I think the most beautiful people are just very gracious, very humble, very. They take criticism gracefully, and they they do things like with grace. Like that to me is like utmost beauty. Right. 
you talked a little bit about faith in God. So I wanted to know what does God mean to you from? I'm, I believe it's, it's something that we all have it within us. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I, I always call it like your source. I think it's this power source that you tap into and it's somewhere where we can all meet. Like we're all connected. Like we all have all these beautiful differences and we're unique but when I think of God and the universe, which I use interchangeably, it, it, it's like, it's this oneness. What does the word dreamer mean to you? When I think of a dreamer, I think of someone with a lot of passion and creativity. And I think a dreamer is a beautiful thing. And I think it goes without saying that you can't just be a dreamer. You definitely have to be a doer. But I think being a dreamer is a big part of it. I think if I was not a dreamer, I would have never came up with uh, Belenchoni, my sustainable company. So yeah, dreams, having dreams is important. Yeah. And just, I wanted to touch on it really briefly because you said that you're a really grounded person and that you say your feet are really on the ground and so I guess I, I, I could ask, I feel like I'm very grounded, but I could feel like I'm also very in the air. What would be your advice to be more grounded? So being grounded, a part of it is, is being realistic, but in the best way possible. I think it's about taking ownership. And I say this because I meet a lot of like esoteric people in this community that they say that they're mindful and they say that they're a yogi, but mind like, but being a yogi and being mindful doesn't mean having your head like stuck in the clouds. It's about being practical. How can you take these tools? How can you take meditation? How can you take all these resources and put them, put them to work for you? Like make them practical. It's not meditating is not, meditating ceremonies like these are things I get invited to that they kind of make me laugh because it's a bunch of people dancing around their heads are stuck in their cloud in the clouds and then but you ask them like what are you doing now like like are these things really helping you or is this are you just using this to have fun like are you taking this meditation and are you using it every day like for self-reflection how is it helping you in your business in your career um in your relationships and that's an extreme I I by no means do I think you're at that extreme, but mm-hmm. those are extreme people. But being grounded, definitely a routine helps with being grounded. Routine, exercise, which I know you do plenty of, exercise. Because those are things that make you feel your body like exercising, like, okay, you're here. I, to me, being grounded is like being level-headed, like clear mind. I think you're very grounded. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, I mean, no, yeah, I think that that's great. I just, I feel like I'm always want to make sure that I'm being the best practice of whatever it is, whether it's being grounded, whether it's being more mindful, all of that. So that is our episode. I want to take a moment to say, first off, thank you so much for uh, taking the time for being extremely vulnerable I learned a lot about you. I even got emotional and was able to share some stuff with you and felt, man, this is really somebody that I want to make sure I continue having in my life and hang out with and go to some yoga with. And I just feel like uh, you're super authentic and somebody can definitely um, 
reach out to you and talk to you. And so, so yeah, I just wanted to say thank you first and foremost. No, thank you. Um, I think it was a very organic conversation that all goes to you for providing this platform and this podcast. No, it's been an honor. I'm happy you even asked me uh, and thought of me. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Thank absolutely. You so much. So I want to ask you, where can the listeners find you if they do feel compelled to reach out or if they want to know more about you, want to have a conversation, want to take a class? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to reach out to me and know more about me is Instagram. It's Miami Yoga Girl. And they can send me a DM. Uh, my email's on there too. So yeah, that, my schedule's there as well. So that would be the best place. Awesome. And then for them to reach out to you for some ethical clothes. So that would be our Bilinchoni page. Yes. Thank you for, for mentioning that. So that would be Bilinchoni. Bilinchoni is my last name. That's why I call the company Bilinchoni. Um, we have our own Instagram as well. You can find it through Miami Yoga Girl. And yeah, our website is going live very soon. Very excited. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation. No, thank you so much. And there you guys have it. That is episode 21 with my wonderful friend, Katrina Bellanchoni. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Truly, I do. I hope that you were able to find some kind of light in our conversation and be able to relate and whatever you're going through, feel like you're not alone in this. If you guys did like this podcast, please go ahead and leave a review and leave five stars and go ahead and share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this podcast, let them know like, hey, I just heard this awesome podcast about a yoga instructor and she also just started this super cool sustainable marketplace and I think you should check it out. I hope and pray you have an incredible rest of your day. Keep shining. Thank you.